0: How is everyone doing? I'm medic Welcome to Supernatural Saturday for Saturday, June 11th. Uh, for those of you who are new to the broadcast, um, I do live broadcasts on the second Saturday of every month at 1 p.m. Eastern on my Telegram channel. Normally, I have a, a topical message, lasts about a half hour. Uh, today, it is Ask Me Anything, Saturday. Uh, this is question and answer. You can ask me any questions that you have. Uh, I will do my best to answer them. There are going to be some questions I don't have an answer for. I'm going to be uh, upfront about that right now. Dag? Uh, I'm live.
1: Can- oh, there it is. I've never done this before. Sorry, Dave. Um, right. I, just, I just have a quick question. I remember listening to you, and you said that we are a spirit inhabiting a human body with a soul right what's the difference between the soul and the spirit i always thought they were the same thing
0: yep well paul wrote to one of the churches saying that he wished that their their spirit soul and body would prosper okay uh it is it's my understanding that we are a three-part being just like god god is a three-part being father spirit Son, we are a three-part being, body, spirit, and soul. The spirit is a spirit that is created in the spiritual world. The body is a physical body that inhabits the physical world. And the soul is kind of an enigmatic uh, part of us that, from my understanding, is the junction point between the physical body and the spiritual body. So the soul is the connector. It is the seat of our mind, will, and emotions, not the spirit. Our spirit is a spiritual being. It has a spiritual set of senses. Um, our spirit is what connects us to God, the Holy Spirit. We perceive angels and demons and the supernatural with our spirit, and we perceive the physical world with our with our body. And the soul is the uh, communicating uh, device that brings us two together. That's my understanding of uh, spirit, soul, and body. Sue Mobley, if you could unmute yourself. Right. Um,
1: my question was okay. I have been a d- doubting
2: Thomasina, so to speak, uh, as far as faith goes. And so I'm trying to reestablish my connection with the Lord and um do the prayers still work even though you haven't been baptized and that kind of stuff is part of my question.
0: Uh, it, that's, that's a good question. Does prayer work? Uh, it, you know, If you haven't done this or done that, if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't been uh, uh, maybe baptized in the Spirit, there's, there's a lot of different aspects to the Christian life that people have questions about. And those are all good and valid questions. Uh, I had not been baptized uh, after I became a believer. Gosh, I became a Christian in 2000, so it's been 22 years. I was not baptized until 2009, I think, or 2008, something like that. It was eight or nine years after I became a, a Christian when I was finally baptized. And I heard God's voice, and I had... Dreams and visions, and I saw people healed, and I had not been baptized yet. So, my, my understanding of baptism is um, it's something that we do. It's it's a symbolic gesture, really. Um, it is symbolic of death and resurrection. That's the biblical perspective on baptism. Uh, in in the same way that we go into the water and rise up out of the water, spiritually, it's just a it's a symbol of uh, the death of our to our old ways and rising in the newness of life in God. Uh, I see it largely as a symbolic thing. I don't know that it has baptism has any kind of effect on whether your prayers are effective or not. I don't think it does. All right, good question though, uh, Rita Buchanan. Rita Buchanan, if you are able to unmute yourself, uh, what is on your mind, Rita?
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for all of your books. I'm currently reading Divine Healing. I listen to you every single day. Um, I've read Emotional Healing. I have your other two books waiting. I just ordered them. I'm really excited. Thank you for everything. I've always believed this way. And finally, you've given it a voice. Thank you. And You're welcome. my question is this. Um, I'm 72 years old. I'm just going to tell it. I'm proud of my age. No problem. But I went to the doctor. Um, on May 20th, and he sadly told me, he said, I wish I weren't telling you this, but you have age-related macular degeneration. And I know some of the people already here are praying for me. Um, I fully believe, I worship a great God. I believe that I don't have to take this into my old age. And um, I'm claiming it. However, I do get naysayers, which I have to fight, like, you know, you're just getting old. Uh, you are 72. Um, I'm refusing to believe that at this point. Am I crazy?
0: No, you're not. You're doing exactly what you should do, which is do not receive that diagnosis. I-, I know a lot of people who have been diagnosed with, oh, you have you know degenerative disc disease, you have this and that. The other thing is you're getting older. And I know people who have just said, you know what, I'm not going to receive that diagnosis. God's going to heal me. <laughs> and they were healed. Uh, I don't think you're crazy. There's no reason we have to have macular degeneration. There's no reason we have to get Alzheimer's. There's no reason we have to have arthritic changes in our spine as we get older. I transported a woman from the emergency room one time who was 106 years old, and she was as young and spry as any 50-year-old that I've ever met. Uh, We don't have to get old and, and break our bodies break down and get decrepit when we get older. It doesn't have to happen. So, I no, you're not. Crazy. I, I
1: even haven't had a cold for about 20 years. So, I, go. I believe, I believe, I believe. And I just, but you know, we have community for this reason. So, I thank you. I need community.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Uh, Charlene Dufford. Charlene, if you're able to unmute yourself, what is on your mind?
3: Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. May 3rd, my daughter had a breakdown, or let's call it a breakthrough, where she went manic, was without sleep for three days. I was called to come up there. I went up there. I stayed for two weeks. We had to call the ambulance on her three times, and and she just, first she was all love and light, and then she went down to the dark side. We tried to command the evil spirits to leave, and- Now she hates me. She hates her husband because we did this. And I've done nothing but crying since I've got back home.
0: Okay. So what's your question?
3: My question is, do we keep commanding the spirits to leave? Or what do we do? Or we just let her just be?
0: Okay. Good question. So someone who's having uh, a psychiatric issue... It can have an organic, uh, a physiological cause. It could be a chemical imbalance in the brain. Uh, if it is a physiological problem where there's a, a chemical imbalance in the brain, sometimes medications can help. Uh, I know a lot of people who have um, either had, you know, whether it's bipolar or um, seasonal affective disorder and, and you know, depression and suicidal ideation, a lot of other mental health issues, who have been helped uh, by taking, you know, things like Zoloft and, and uh, Bupropion. Denise, my wife, she suffered depression for many years, and uh, it, it's it's been a battle for her. She has been helped by taking medications, but she weaned herself off some time ago, and she hasn't had to go back on them. So sometimes the, the mental health issues are physiological, and sometimes medications can help. Other times, it's emotional. So in those cases, uh, if it is uh, a problem that is related to emotional trauma and demons, uh, commanding evil spirits to leave is not necessarily the best step, because in those cases, a person needs emotional healing first. You can command demons to leave, but if the problem that they're suffering is rooted in emotional trauma, you have to do the emotional healing first and then cast out the demons. And it's a two-step process. <clears throat> I know a lot of people who have had good, uh, good success using emotional healing to get healed of emotional trauma and they never get around to casting out the demons. And they'll email me and say, well, you know, I feel great. The emotional trauma's left. You know, the weight on my shoulders is gone, the heaviness, you know, all this great stuff. But I'm still afflicted with, you know, whatever it is, knee pain, back pain, migraine, headaches, whatever. And then I have to tell them, okay, so you did the emotional healing. Now you need to do the deliverance. You need to command the evil spirits to leave. So a lot of people who have the opposite problem, and that's what you're dealing with, is uh, starting with... Casting out demons, but not doing the emotional healing. You need to do both. You need to have that person go through the emotional healing process and then get rid of the spirits. When you do the emotional healing, it'll remove the the wounds in the soul that the demon's attach to. That way, when you command those demons to leave, they'll leave and they won't come back. All right. Uh, Kathy S. Kathy S., if you can unmute yourself, what is on your mind?
3: Hi, David. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, Quick question. Um, How would you pray for someone with dementia? I don't know if that's spiritual. How would you go about that?
0: Yep. Really good question. So, dementia, like a lot of other conditions, can have a physiological cause. It can have an emotional or a spiritual cause. Depends on what the uh, nature of the condition is. And it may come down to just following a protocol. So, if you're not sure what the nature of the the condition is, whether it's physiological, whether it's spiritual or emotional, uh, start with the start with the approach that you're most comfortable with, and see what happens. My I, I tend to start a lot of um, these difficult. Uh, healing conditions with emotional healing because emotional healing is really easy to do. (laughs) I mean it's literally anyone can do it and they don't have to have any experience. They don't even have to be a Christian. They don't have to be spirit-filled. You can do emotional healing. Anyone can do it. It's uh, just a few steps. It's really simple and I would start with the emotional healing. We have actually had testimonies of people who have been healed of dementia and Alzheimer's and other related conditions by doing the emotional healing, getting rid of the demons, and then commanding the, the brain and the nervous system to be healed, and they've been healed of it. So that, that would be my approach. I would uh, you know, start with the simplest process first. Uh, do the emotional healing with the person, command evil spirits to leave. So when I say that a condition can be emotional, physiological, or spiritual. When I say emotional, I'm talking about the soul, and soul wounds. We address that with emotional healing. When I say spiritual, I mean spirit as in demons, evil spirits. Casting evil spirits out is how you get rid of or address a spiritual issue. And then commanding the nervous system to be healed, commanding the brain to be healed, that's dealing with the physiological. And along with that, sometimes medications will help, sometimes not. Uh, best plan, ask the Holy Spirit for specific instructions about how to deal with this particular person. Because the Lord knows what their problem is. And the the best, most effective way to pray for anyone with any condition is ask the Holy Spirit, what are we dealing with and what's the best approach? All right. Uh, Maureen Richards. Maureen, I like your avatar. If you can unmute yourself, what's on your mind?
4: Dave, um, boom, how about that? Do you remember me from Threadfest? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: Mo, I'm Mo. Yeah, I remember great,
5: Mo, yeah,
4: great seeing your great face. Um, how's your, how's your neck like doing? You? Wonderful, I'm great. Um, awesome. I asked a question in your earlier um, online, you said, What should I talk about today? and I mentioned this, but I figured, Hell, I'm just gonna talk about it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> um, my daughter, 35 years old. Um, The question I asked earlier was, uh, how do you heal emotional emotional healing and spiritual healing from
0: afar? (laughs) Okay. Good question. So, most of the healing that I do with people is over distances. I pray for almost no one in person. My ministry model is a little bit different from most people. I don't I'm not an itinerant preacher. I don't go to revivals. I don't go to conferences and pray over people much. When I went to Threadfest, <laughs> that's a rarity. I did, I did Threadfest and then I went to the Phoenix Full Gospel Businessmen's uh, meeting a couple months earlier. The last time I met people in person for a public healing uh, gig, I can't remember when it was. It's been a couple of years probably. So most of my ministry is done from a distance. I pray for people through email, through chat messages, you know, um, mostly, mostly by email. And I have a really good success rate getting people healed. Uh, you don't have to be in the same room with a person to get them healed. You can be across the world. Uh, you know That's, that's just how um, God is. God doesn't require us to be in the same room. And especially with emotional healing, so your, your question is about emotional healing and deliverance. Um, You don't have to be in the same room with that person. You don't have to be anywhere near them. You can uh, help that person go through the process of emotional healing by text message. That's what I did when I was learning about emotional healing. uh, Back in my Facebook days, 2013, 2014, 2015, I was on Facebook Messenger all day long chatting with people who had emotional trauma, and I was getting them healed, and it was all over chat. Just sending messages back and forth. Here, repeat after me. <laughs> I want you to say this out loud. Jesus, I ask you to take the emotions from me. I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I receive your healing. Just say that out loud. So I'd send that to them as a text, and I would say, Let me know when you've said that. And they would reply back. And then I would say, Okay, now I'm going to, we're gonna, I want you to think about that event again. What emotion do you feel? All right, take that emotion, give it to Jesus, ask him to heal a wound in your soul. And I would just send that back and forth through text. And then uh, at the end of the process, if, uh, we, you know, if, it was, if I felt it was time, I would command evil spirits to leave. But that can all be done uh, through chat, through text messaging, through email. Don't have to be in the same room with the person. But it does help if the person actually wants to be healed. If they want to go through the process, that's the big thing. A lot of us are, a lot of people are struggling with trying to or wanting to get people healed who don't want to be healed. Your son, your daughter, your husband has some kind of uh, ailment, some issue. You want them healed and they don't want to be healed. It is a really difficult road to get someone healed against their will because God doesn't generally violate someone's free will. They have to be willing and, and they have to want to be healed. Hannah Simpson. Uh, what is on your mind, Hannah?
2: Uh, I, I've sent you some of my I've dreams, and my dreams. I, I have bad dreams quite often, what I would call bad dreams. What, I, what I'm what i finding is that I need to say, like I need to have my husband and my children bless my sleep and dreams every night, and I do the same for them. But otherwise, if I don't, I, I often have very disturbing and... Um, like I get attacked in my dreams. It feels like emotionally or spiritually or whatever, pretty intensely. I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but pretty intense. Can you give me an idea of what I should do? I mean.
0: What you should do do. about the attacks.
2: Yeah. I don't want to have to say, you know, I don't want to have to, my kids are kind of, my boys are 17 now. (laughs) They don't want to have to, you know, say I bless your sleep and dreams, but it really helps.
0: The issue with being attacked by the enemy, regardless of what the attack is. So sometimes uh, evil spirits will attack us in dreams. Sometimes they'll attack us while we're awake. Sometimes they'll attack our friends, our family, our finances, our health. The enemy can attack us in many different ways. All right. um, there's two schools of thought on the attacks of the enemy. Some people want to be protected from any kind of attack. They don't want to be attacked at all. They just want the attacks to stop and go away. And that's understandable, but I don't think it's realistic because we are a spirit being and we inhabit the spiritual universe with demons and angels. We're going to have interactions with angels. We're going to have interactions with demons. When we interact with demons, whether it's whether we're awake or asleep, they tend to try to want to attack us at a point of weakness. Uh, Normally, they will evaluate us, size us up, and then attack us in a perceived area of weakness. The best way to prevent and a demon from attacking you in a place of weakness is to get rid of that area of weakness. It's to become stronger in that area. So if your weakness is in your identity, or if your weakness is in your area of gifting, or if you you have areas of unbelief or fear, anxiety, worry about what's happening, about your career, about your family, you have those nagging areas of fear uncertainty if you're not walking in your identity those are the areas that the evil spirits are going to use to attack you and like i said you can ask god to protect you so you're not attacked or you can develop a stronger identity walk in greater faith greater confidence in who you are in christ and when the enemy, when the demons look at you, they're going to look at you and go, well, wow, she doesn't really have any areas of weakness. <laughs> I'm going to go find somebody else to pick on. I, I think the best way to, to address attacks of the enemy is to strengthen your armor. Right now, So when Paul talks about put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, right, the breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, Right. What are those things? That is um, taking into your spirit the knowledge of who you are in Christ, the knowledge of your salvation, the knowledge that you are righteous, the knowledge that you are destined to become just like Jesus. When you continually see yourself as a little version of Jesus, that is putting on the armor of God, and that is how you fend off the, the attacks of the enemy. So, like I said, you can, you can pray for God not to let the enemy attack you, or you can strengthen your armor. And the more you grow in Christ-likeness, the less the enemy is going to find weak areas in which to attack you. Okay, AP, one of our regular contributors in the channel. If you can unmute yourself, what's up?
6: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, What's the best summary of all the prophecies of how much food we should have stored for so-called supply chain disruptions or deliberate starvation?
0: Boy, that's a loaded question. I'm going to be quite honest. I have not been listening to the prophets and their prophecies about Uh, food chain disruptions, supply chain disruptions, and food shortages. I'm really not up to speed on what people are saying prophetically. I've got my ear pretty close to the ground when it comes to what the Holy Spirit's telling me. And I'm getting revelation every day uh, from the Lord about how to prepare. Particularly in the last month, almost all of my dreams have to do with preparing for the fuel shortages, power outages, internet outages, and how to communicate. i getting a lot of dreams about ham radio. I had a dream two nights ago where I was transmitting on ham radio frequencies. I was trying to transmit on three different frequencies using three different antennas, two of which were positioned vertically. One was horizontal, and they were all at different elevations. And I was doing some experimenting, trying to figure out, how to do this most efficiently. That's kind of typical of the dreams that I've been having. Uh, Pepe Lives Matter and I, we share our dreams every morning. And he's like, wow, you're just getting nothing but dreams about ham radio. I'm like, well, mostly. But I'm also getting dreams about storing up food, uh, gas, the need for uh, a generator of some kind for some people. So your question is a really good one because it's like, okay, well, how much food do we store up? Uh, That depends on the kind of crisis that you're expecting. So I wrote this article about a month ago, maybe two months ago, about how to prepare for a disaster. And and the basic um, thesis of that article is, how you prepare for a disaster is going to be determined by what you're expecting. If you're preparing for uh, hurricane season and you live in Florida, Your preparations are going to be different than if you're preparing for an earthquake and you live in Japan or Washington State or California. The preps are different. The the needs are different. The time frame is different. And so it it comes down to this whole issue of are you just preparing for the supply chain, food shortages, gas shortages, those type of things? or, Or do you have a bigger picture in mind? I have a bigger picture in mind. Uh, I've been into preparedness since the early mid nineties, right? So more than 25 years, I've been sort of prepping and I did it out of necessity because we kept losing power. I lived in Washington state, we had windstorms all the time, lost power all the time, two or three days. I finally said, okay, I'm getting a generator, got a generator and and I, I worked for a fire department back then and I taught community preparedness and community preparedness is about teaching people how to prepare for disasters. Windstorms, earthquakes, tsunamis, all the stuff that we experienced in Washington State. So I have been studying and into preparedness for a long time, and I am preparing for multiple possibilities. I think in addition to the supply chain issues, I think we're going to see a financial collapse. And I think the financial collapse may be related to the supply chain problems because everything's sort of interconnected right now if the price of gasoline goes to $12 a gallon and diesel fuel goes to $14 or $15 a gallon, it's going to be very difficult for truck drivers to buy fuel to deliver all the things that they have to deliver. Food, light bulbs, toilet paper, you name it. Everything that we most of us buy is delivered by trucks that run on diesel fuel or gasoline. When gasoline gets to be that expensive, Those trucks are not going to be running very often. There's going to be a severe shortage of just about everything. And then you have this problem. When the grocery store shelves go empty and people start hoarding and they panic, the next thing that happens is civil unrest. Because if people can't get food, can't get water, can't get uh, toilet paper, uh, pretty soon you get civil unrest and rioting. And when... Society devolves into civil unrest and rioting. The people who are driving the trucks to deliver things now realize I have to take care of my family and my house and my stuff. So they're not going to be delivering things. They're going to be staying at home, taking care of their stuff. A lot of them. Then you have this spiraling circle of things getting worse and worse. The supply chain issues getting worse. Violence getting worse. Um, and, and, And I'm not... Uh, I'm not trying to create some dystopian uh, fantasy. If you've read about the financial collapse in Argentina, I'm telling you what happened in Argentina 20 years ago when they had a financial collapse. And I think that's we're going to see something similar to that here on a larger scale because our economy is a lot larger than Argentina's. But they went into debt in a massive way and they suffered hyperinflation and their economy collapsed. And that's what happens. When you suffer when you suffer hyperinflation at the same time that you have massive debt. That creates economic collapse. You can look historically, the Weimar Republic of Germany, Zimbabwe, Argentina, Russia in the 90s, every com- every country that ex- experienced massive financial debt and hyperinflation at the same time went through economic collapse. That's what happens. It's the natural consequence of it. So I think in addition to the supply chain issues, I think financial collapse is a reality. Uh, and that's a big problem because then banks shut down. People can't get their money. Now you have a real problem. <laughs> because as bad as the this, this civil unrest is going to be when people can't find food, if they can't get their money out of the banks, uh, it's going to turn ugly. So. Uh, it, again, it comes back to this issue of what are you preparing for? What do you think is going to happen? How long do you think this is going to play out? If it gets to that point where we're having uh, bank runs, banks shut down, uh, food shortages, gasoline supplies are are not available anymore, it's going to last a while. Unless, Unless someone steps in and intervenes and makes things right, and that's a possibility. I think at some point the military is going to step in. I think it it may be because they're gonna be forced to step in. If you have massive civil unrest and rioting and pillaging and looting around the country, it wouldn't surprise me if martial law is declared at least in some urban areas. If you declare martial law, then you have, the government is gonna to try to institute some kind of control over the, the chaos and the madness. At that point, if martial law is declared in major urban areas, will the military start to distribute food and water? Probably, I hope so. So you get into this this scenario, like how, how do you forecast what's coming? Like I said, I haven't been paying attention too much to what the prophets have been saying, but God has been showing me all of these things for the last 12 years uh, coming. I've seen in dreams back in 2011 and 2012, the Lord showed me what it was going to be like after the financial collapse. What life would be like It was a much simpler life, much more agrarian. People weren't walking around with their phones in front of their faces all day long. That's another issue. So are we preparing for um, a loss of phone technology? I think we should because I think they're going to take down uh, phone service. I think we're gonna lose email service, at least email from the big email providers, all the Silicon Valley companies that are in league with the deep state. T-Mobile, Comcast, uh, Microsoft, Google, uh, so Hotmail, Gmail, uh, Yahoo. I think a lot of those email services are gonna shut down. I think a lot of cell services are going to be shut down and turned off. I think uh, most social media platforms will be turned off. I think it's going to be very difficult to communicate, and I think that's why the Lord has been showing me and giving me these dreams about ham radio, because ham radio is a good way to go around uh, communications problems, right? So that there, you have this. Yes, there's so many things to think about. It's not just food and water, because if if they shut down, and there's this issue at the power grid. I'm just going to address this because I know a lot of people are are wondering about these things. I'm just going to address all of this in in one little. Uh, or long uh, dialogue. So along with loss of phone service and email service, the Lord has shown me the possibility of power outages. And we're seeing in the news headlines all the time, warnings that there's going to be blackouts this summer, right? So you don't have to be a prophet to see that they're telling you that they're going to be, there's going to be blackouts, Now, whether you believe that it's because we're transitioning from coal and oil over to solar and wind, and there's just going to be this discomfort during the transition, or whether you think they're planning uh, an intentional destruction of the power grids, you can can look at that any way you want. I think we're going to have power grid disruptions. The problem with that is a lot of people are going to say, well, didn't Q say that the power grid was uh, safe and then it wasn't going to be taken down? Yes, Q did say that. However, the issue with power grids is that it's power grids plural, not power grid singular. There is no power grid. Every um, region, every local area has its own power grid. Here in Arizona, we have several different companies that that provide electricity. We have the Salt River Project and other companies that each provide their own grid, power grid. Some of the, some power grids run off of hydroelectric. In the Northwest, in Washington Oregon, a lot of the energy is generated by hydroelectric. Okay, Here in the Southwest, um, quite a few of our power uh, plants are solar. A lot of them run on coal and gas. If diesel fuel goes to $15 a gallon, those diesel electric trains that bring coal are not going to be running, and the trucks that transport fuel are not going to be running. So some of the um, electric providers, some of the power plants, are not going to have fuel in what to use to produce electricity. I think that's going to be a regional issue. Uh, I think some areas will be fine. I think other areas are going to suffer power outages. Impossible to predict who is going to have power and who isn't, and for how long so it becomes a very complex picture All right. what are you again what are you planning for are you planning for power outages are you planning for food shortages if the power grid goes down you're probably going to lose your water supply if you have a municipal water uh, supply you live in a city and that city loses its power it's not going to be able to run those pumps that pump out water to uh, the municipal water supply you may get water coming out of your tap, but it's, it's probably gonna be contaminated. So how much water do you, do you need to store up? Are you expecting a water shortage? Uh, these are things, all these things that God has kind of shown me over the last year and a half. The best answer I can give you is, with whatever resources you have, whatever money you have, whatever uh, ability you have to store food, store gasoline safely, Uh, Whether you want to get a gas or electric or solar or solar generator or or propane generator, probably not a bad idea. You need to, again, as a lot of people have pointed out in the chat, if you're going to store gasoline, do it safely. (laughs) Consider using fuel stabilizer and uh, don't store it near a source of ignition or spark or you'll have a big explosion in your garage. Uh, You got to do all this stuff safely and reasonably. And it's and it's a it's a huge expense to do it. Prepping for disasters is not cheap. It is very expensive. It's very time-consuming. Not going to lie to you, it's difficult to do. It's not hard to go out to Costco and buy a couple of grocery carts full of canned food, and you can do that. That'll get you a long way. Just buy a bunch of canned food. You know, uh, dehydrated potatoes, uh, cans of chili, cans of uh, corned beef hash, whatever you like, uh, and, and just store it up. And you'll have a food supply for a while. Uh, But then there's this issue of, you know, the generators and water supply. It's not difficult to store water. Go to the grocery store, buy jugs of water, put them in your pantry or your garage. It's really hard to say how much, how long is this going to go on. I, I really don't know. The Lord hasn't given me a clear time frame. How long to expect the crisis to last uh, it could be as short as a few weeks. It could be as long as six months. I really don't know. But I think that uh, it's a good idea to do some preparing. Uh, if you feel like, if, you, if the Lord is leading you to do it, certainly do it. Now, on the flip side, there is supernatural provision. And uh, I've been teaching people <laughs> about healing, miracles, food multiplication, Gas tank miracles, God extending people's ability to drive their car for weeks on a you know next to nothing for gas. God is going to do some amazing miracles in the next in the next year. Uh, some of you are just going to rely on God to be your provider. God's going to keep your tanks filled. We had one person who put in the chat that God was charging their cell phone in their hand as they were looking at it and it wasn't connected to a power source. God can charge your cell phone. He can give you internet access where there is no internet access. God can allow you to receive emails when nobody else in your town is getting emails. God can give you a Wi-Fi connection, and he can allow you to receive emails. There is nothing that God can't do. So the, it's, it's not a one or the other. It's, it's a both-and situation. I think it's wise to prepare and store up some things I think it's also a good idea to expect that God is going to meet our needs. You know, if if you live in a in an area where there's a lot of people who are not prepared and you did a little bit of preparing, you bought some canned food, uh, and you have people showing up at your door all day long for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you just keep on handing out food to them, and the food just keeps multiplying. and <laughs> You're feeding hundreds of people from a little pantry of stored food. I think that's the kind of thing that God's going to do. Uh, long explanation, but I know a lot of people have been wondering, you know, should they prepare? What should we prepare for? All right. Sorry for the long answer, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Nicholas Johnson, you had a question, and now I'm going to give you another chance. Nicholas Johnson, if you could unmute yourself. Do you have a question?
7: Yeah. Here, 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 here. Your video. Hello, are we here?
0: Yes, you're here.
7: Oh. Oh, good. Hi. Well, it's a miracle. Yes, this is
8: my wife, Burnett. Yeah, we work. So, we we are team uh, therapists. We work, we do using the emotion code from, Doctor. Bailey Nelson. If you're familiar with him, we use that quite a bit with our clients, and we're, um, we we love listening to you and your Supernatural Saturday.
7: Oh,
0: um, thank you. You're welcome. Um,
7: So we're building our healing practice, but we started learning about yours. So we have a question about um, emotional releases. So we've been uh, bumping into ancestors knocking on the door, wanting to be a part of the healing sessions. And we'll be overcome with yawning. Oh, my goodness. And uh, a little bit of vision changes. Um, We'll be working with a subject and then find that uh, so we we do muscle testing and we ask yes and no questions you know does this person have anxiety yes or no and then is it what year did they have it and then we'll get the year so we're bringing that particular emotion to the surface and then we, we release it with a magnet well sometimes we'll get yes no yes no yes no and then yes 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 or no 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 so in other words we're getting interference and we say well is there an ancestor of this person Available and then we'll we'll ask it out and uh, we're just we found that that's just increasingly a part of our our work is is uh, dealing with uh, you know DNA maybe related stuff and I just I wonder if that's a trend happening uh, with other people or maybe we're just I, I don't hoping. know
0: <clears throat> yeah I, I don't know because it's not really uh, something that I incorporate into my practice I do have a question for you. Have you considered the possibility that you might be dealing with um, familiar spirits?
7: Oh, we don't know what a familiar spirit is.
0: Oh, well, they masquerade as ancestors. They're demons that masquerade as ancestors, and they interfere in the healing process.
7: Mm. Well, part of what we do is we cast out the – we ask the ancestor if they have a curse that needs to be removed. And then we okay. remove the and then we ask if they have two emotions because we're not gonna do all day with anybody. You know, just two that are affecting the person that we're working with. And we take those off and it's been pretty impressive. The like if there's grief or or um, betrayal that's been, you know, twenty generations back. It's pretty interesting. So
0: Yeah. yeah. Sounds interesting. In- yeah, I would I would definitely look into uh, the issue of uh, familiar or f- or family or familial or familiar spirits. They go by a def- bunch of different names. Because I think that might be what you're dealing with, and they can be quite tricky, but uh, uh, they're, they're not too difficult to deal with once you understand what their agenda is. Oh. All right.
7: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, Lisa Perna keeps putting her hand up. But doesn't want to talk when I click I on it. I hey, did it. It
9: worked. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work. The unmute would not work. Oh you, sure,
0: so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we understand.
9: <laughs> okay, so I have, I actually have two questions. So I don't know if it's you or if it's me or if it's just everybody, but it seems like demons have run amok,
3: and it seems it
9: seems like all these. Um, the oppression and uh, the stuff that's out there is just so much. So what are some of the keys that we can use discernment?
0: Discernment. Mm -hmm. Because I
9: feel like that's one of the things that we need right now because not everything is a demon. Not everything is a demon. Sometimes it's actually wounds and hurts, but I will say that that there has been just an influx of some pretty, pretty dark stuff going on.
0: Yep, okay, uh, I can answer that question, I think, maybe. I think so. So, uh, yeah, I've said for a long time that the thing that we need more than anything else in the present days in which we live is greater discernment. Because uh, there are a lot of people in uh, on social media, people in our movement, who are pretending to be on our side, pretending to be with us, uh, pretending to be God-fearing people, pretending to be patriots, and they're not. They put on a really good show, they sing a really good song, they know all the words, they act like us, and they're not with us. (laughs) They have an agenda. Uh, Their agenda is to confuse, distract, discourage, a lot of them push hopium, and that in, that is intended to get our hopes up, to manipulate our emotions, and then we become angry and disappointed when their predictions don't come true, when their prophecies don't come true. And a lot of these people are knowingly putting out false information, false predictions, knowing it's not going to happen, because they want us to be disappointed repeatedly, continually. They want us living in disappointment. There's a lot of those people out on YouTube, and I'm not going to name names. But if we had greater discernment as a body, we would not fall prey to those people. And those people are under the influence of evil spirits. It's not just them out there doing their, their YouTube shtick, uh, lying to us. They're under the influence of evil spirits. And if you operate in the gift of discerning of spirits, spiritual gift, it's in 1 Corinthians, the Holy Spirit will give you insight. The Holy Spirit will put on your radar warnings, red flags. Hey, that person is lying to you. That person is a deceiver. They're manipulating your emotions. They're telling you stuff you want to hear because they know that you'll you'll go after it. A good example is Real Raw News. I see this a lot, people posting about Real Raw News in the chat. Real Raw News is a fake source of hopium that is intended to do a couple of things. Number one, they're putting out information that they know people in our movement want to believe is true. Hillary has been executed for the third time. Uh, James Comey was executed the other day, and Clapper was executed, and the people running around in D.C., they're all clones or they're wearing masks. We. There are people in our movement who want to believe that those things have happened, that the entire cabal has already been arrested, they've already been executed, they're off the scene. And this website, Real Raw News, uh, they just push out this fake information knowing that they'll get a whole bunch of people to believe that it's true. And then when James Comey or Clapper or Hillary is, is interviewed or <laughs> they're actually arrested at some point in the future, um, people will find out that they were lied to. And, and some people are learning that they've been lied to. But these websites, they put out information because they're playing into our uh, confirmation bias. We want to believe these reports are true. We don't know if they're true. People pose, well, I don't know if this is true, but it's interesting. I, I hope it's true. Uh, a lot of this is just BS. And it's, it's hopium and it's designed to manipulate people's emotions, put you on the emotional roller coaster. Give you the uh, the adrenaline hit, the dopamine hit, so that you feel good for a few hours, and then later on you find out it's not true. Uh, there were, These people are intentionally lying to us, and they're also getting a lot of clicks, and they're selling a lot of advertising revenue. Uh, so they're making money off of your uh, emotional manipulation. If we had greater discernment, we would not be falling for this nonsense. So... To Lisa's question, what about discernment? Well, there, there's a lot of, you know, when you say when Lisa said there's a lot of demonic activity going on, there's, there is a lot of demonic activity. And it is manifesting in ways that a lot of people don't actually think of. It's manifesting in a lot of uh, what people are posting on social media, whether it's attacks on people in the movement, uh, uh, backstabbing, uh, you know, people that have always been friends, suddenly attacking each other, not going to name names, not going to get into the drama, but it's out there. It's happening. And again, the solution is ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. Ask the Lord to show you what is the issue that this is driving this this uh, this person's narrative on social media. Why are they doing this? What's doing that? Or just, you know, Lord, is this true or not? And should I pay attention to it? And if the Lord says, just ignore it. Don't worry about it then just ignore it and keep going. Garrett Chapman, if you can unmute yourself, uh, what is on your mind?
6: Hi, Dave. Uh, I've followed you for quite a while. I appreciate you a lot. Um, Thank you. I feel like I have a demonic block to financial prosperity. I uh, own my own business, have good accounts receivable, but the cash flow has not been happening for quite a while. And I read your book on the courts of Accu- Court accusation, I followed the steps of asking the judge to convene a session. I'm ready to plead the defense in your book of relying on the blood of Jesus, but I just don't seem to get the the session happening, um, as far as I recall, at least. Is there a way to get the judge's attention a little more?
0: <laughs> That's a really good question. Is there a way to get the judge's attention? Uh Hmm. I, I'm not sure. Right off the top of my head, I, I don't know if there's a way to get the court to convene uh, a, a hearing for your case. I guess my fallback answer is, ask the Lord. I would ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, what do I need to do to get this thing rolling, to get this issue addressed? Whatever the obstacle is, whether, whether it uh, necessitates a session in the court of heaven or whether or whether it needs something else, whatever the obstacle is, whatever the blockage is, the Lord can tell you what the obstacle is. He can also tell you what is needed to remove it. And that's what I would do. I would ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. All right. Uh, Lynn B.
2: Hi, Dave. It's Lynn.
0: Hey, hey Lynn, what's to,
2: up? Good to talk with you. Hey, I would just, it's really quick. Can you share a dream that God has given you regarding God intervening to turn the country around and or Trump reappearing as POTUS?
0: Yes. (laughs) I can. All right. Back in January of 2020, three days before Joe Biden was inaugurated, I had a dream uh, about military storms. It was a dream with four scenes, and I saw the military taking action to correct the injustices that have happened here in the country. And after I had that dream on January 17th, I had several more dreams over the next couple of weeks that uh, expounded on that that, uh, issue. I saw the military getting involved in higher education I saw the military getting involved in um, civilian communications. Uh, I've, the Lord has given me a number of dreams showing the military taking direct action to correct the problems and to remove the corruption in our country. One of the reasons why I keep on hammering this issue that the military is the only way is because that is what the Lord has shown me. Uh, God has shown me a number of times very clearly in dreams that the military is going to get involved uh, and help make things right. I haven't had any dreams showing President Trump coming back. Um, I know a number of people who have. Uh, uh, There have been some very encouraging dreams that I've read where people see President Trump coming back to the White House uh, and not through the 2024 election. I haven't had any of those dreams yet. Um, i just put out the things that uh, the lord shows me and in the telegram channel a lot of people have had some very interesting dreams in the last six months uh, i'll occasionally repost those dreams when when they uh, are encouraging and i think that they're from the lord so there you go victoria uh victoria if you can unmute yourself what is on your mind
7: hi dave how are you
0: Doing good, Victoria.
2: Hey, um, if you would just um humor me, um, I was uh buying um your books on Amazon, and I always look at critical reviews um on products, uh, just to get a more balanced view. And there are some people, uh, there's a couple that are saying it was dangerous. You know, some of the books were dangerous and um about that they weren't uh, biblically uh. Uh, backed up, and I was just wondering if you would please comment for me because I, I really
0: want to um, buy them. Okay. <clears throat> so whenever you go on Amazon or any website that sells uh, retail products, by the time any particular product gets about a hundred reviews, you're going to have both negative and positive reviews. If it's a good product you're going to have more than 80% positive reviews. Um, If it's a really good product, you'll have more than 90% positive reviews. And uh, all of my books have more than 90% positive reviews. So nine out of 10 people find them helpful, beneficial. A lot of the people that have uh, left reviews on my books have said they're very well based in the Bible, lots of biblical teaching and instruction. I do have people who hate me, hate my message, Uh, they don't believe in healing, they don't believe in miracles, they don't believe in the supernatural, and those people will go on Amazon and say that my teaching is unbiblical, even though I provide, probably in an average teaching book, about a hundred scriptural references in an average book, people say that my teaching is unbiblical. <laughs> it's not based in Scripture. But if you read any of the chapters, you'll just see all the quotations. In fact, I'm working on a book right now on power and authority. And the second chapter is literally uh, nothing but uh, the following of Jesus as he's having discussions with the Pharisees and scribes about the issue of power and authority. The entire chapter is taken out of the Gospels. Uh, It's nothing but Bible in in that entire chapter. So for the people who don't like my, my books, don't like my teaching, that's fine. You're entitled not to like my teaching. It is very well based in scripture. All right. Thanks for the question. Tammy has her hand up. Hey, Tammy, if you can unmute yourself, what is on your mind?
10: Hi, Dave. Thank you. Um, I have a question for you, and I would like to tell you about a dream I had. Okay. Um, the dream I had: my son and I were standing in the in our yard, and I know specifically we were looking south, and the sky was just filled with rolling clouds. There was a big storm moving in, and I looked to the east, and I watched the clouds morph into the faces of God and Jesus, and then I looked back up at the sky. And the whole sky was just awash with brilliant colors. You could see the, the stars through them. I thought that was pretty spectacular. Wow. <laughs> cool. And my question is, twice in the same day within the last week, I have seen something white blowing like with the wind and I'll see it for a few seconds, and it's like a sheet of mist, and then it just disappears. I've seen two hmm. of them. You don't Do you say. Any idea what that is? I think we both know what that is. I think so, too.
0: I think you have seen some angels.
10: <laughs> that's what I was thinking. and It was just so brilliant and white.
0: Yeah, that's pretty and, cool. Um that's how, typically how angels manifest. Um, that sort of flash of light, brightness, a little bit of a, like a almost like a rainbow color sometimes, or a sphere, circular shaped uh, rainbow, or, or what some people call an orb. Those are pretty common manifestations of angels. Those weren't orbs,
10: they were like the size yeah. of a and the shape of a bath towel.
0: Yep. Angels take on many different shapes, sizes, colors, manifestations, almost unlimited uh, in the ways they can manifest. So that's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. David Tank. Uh, David Tank, you can unmute yourself. What is on your mind? That last uh, testimony
11: reminded me of a couple of visions I had that kind of uh, actually startled me, because this is this is all new to me. And I had one vision of, a, it seemed like a at night when I was asking for the vision, before the thought even came out of my mind, I got this brilliant uh, vision of, of, of a like a second coming. And it was in my head even, it was so intense. But I must confess, it freaked me out. I got really <laughs> excited about it. I went and told my wife about it. I had this thing, but I was, somewhat intimidated and then I felt kind of guilty about it so I've been asking God it's been weeks now for more of that experience but I haven't had anything in fact my dreams have shut down so I've had a lot of things activated including some one, one very intense demonic attack at night that I dealt with very very directly it was so clearly a demonic attack so I actually found that encouraging oddly because I felt like you know, that that phrase over the target for how yep. God is manifesting himself with me. But it's just as that, that, that testimony, I had this amazing uh, 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 vision, which I've been coveting and asking for. But since that time, I don't know if God is having mercy on me or what, but I want more of that, but I have it seems like my dreams, because I was writing down all my dreams and everything, everything's shut down now it's in that part, department. I just thought you might huh. have a comment on that.
0: Yeah, well, uh, th- that sometimes happens. You can go a period of time where you won't have uh, dreams or visions. Um, it's happened to me. I'm not quite sure why it happens. I really don't know. I just know that it does happen sometimes. Um, and usually doesn't last for very long. Sometimes, if you have this really uh, strong, impressive, glorious vision of the Lord, like you said, you looked like he was the return of Jesus. Um, that's a that's a pretty heavy revelation. And sometimes God will just give you a little bit of time to meditate on that and think about it and what it means before He gives you anything else. Uh, the next thing, the next dream or vision you have. Might be related to it, might not. Uh, but I would just ask the Lord to keep giving you revelation. Root for truth. I see your hand is up. Uh, do you have a question?
9: Hi there. Hey, what's me? going on? Yep. All right. Um, thanks for taking my my request. Um, so I have an interesting situation. My daughter is 18, she is a Christian, she's a singer, she has a job to lead worship at um, the church locally, and she also has been battling sickness and it's this ongoing repetitive um, attack to her vocal cords, um, she has a cough. She'll she'll get you know um, a virus, and it'll take a week to go. But this has been going on for about a year, and it actually started right when COVID started two years ago. She got real sick. They weren't even testing for that, but the vocal cords keep going out where she loses her voice entirely. So through all of this, I have been praying. I've been learning a lot from you. I'm new to all the you know, healing, um, I'm a Christian for a long time, but new to the prophetic, love it. Anyway, nothing seems to be working and she'll get better and she'll get worse. And, and I have lost a lot of trust in the medical establishment. So I'm here at this point where I just don't know what to do. And I will tell you, I have heard God's voice and I heard God say that I wouldn't need to go down a modern medical path that he's got it and I feel like I need to just have patience but I just am confused and I don't know I just wondered if you have advice like is it is it common for someone to have just a medical ailment that isn't healed that keeps going and it's part of God's plan and I just need to trust or do I Pursue modern medicine and specialists, and try to get to the bottom of it.
0: Let me ask you a couple of questions. Sure. Do you think it's just random and a coincidence that she's being attacked in the area of her gifting?
9: No. I don't think it's a coincidence. That's it's an
0: attack from the enemy (laughs) because she's gifted as a singer, and her vocal cords are being attacked. Right. So that's an yes. attack of the enemy. It's not just some random. Oh, you know, she has a some viral issue that you know needs uh, an antibiotic. That that's not what's going on. It's it's an attack of the enemy. Uh, I got another question for you. Has sure. she sure. ever had a chance to listen to my COVID healing prayer?
9: Yes, as a matter of fact, I have asked her to listen to that more than once. Now. I think she's a little behind me in her eagerness to go down the prophetic. She's a young woman, but a very devout Christian. So I don't know how to get, like I wonder if she doesn't believe that it will help.
0: Right, well, that's uh, that might be part of the problem. Uh, has, do you know if she's actually listened to the, the video?
9: <laughs> that's a good question. I. I <laughs> I'm guessing she
0: probably had it. Well,
9: I know know she had it on. I don't know. Like, do you have to, you say you can lie down, relax, and just shut your eyes. I don't know if she she was an active participant, but I know she listened.
0: Ah, right. I, I can't tell you how many testimonies we've had of people who've been healed of various yeah. Uh, COVID-related issues, whether it's you know the long COVID, the cough, the clearing your throat, uh, sore throat, laryngitis, uh, you know, o- other respiratory problems. Lots of people have been healed listening to the video. That would be my best advice: is to strongly encourage her to just put that thing on and listen to it a couple of times. Um, I-, I think she'll benefit from it, but it would help if she would engage the process. If she would, you know in order to receive healing from God, sometimes you have to be willing to receive healing from God. It doesn't hurt to believe in the process, to believe God wants you healed, to believe that this may be a spiritual attack. I mean, all of that is going to help her. She will change her mind, repent, change her mind, and change her way of thinking. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's my advice.
9: Okay, so, and then one more follow-up, just... Okay. Have you seen people have to listen to it every day? Like, can it take uh, yes. a while? it, it okay. depends
0: on it depends on the condition. Um, okay. Some people who have had conditions like MS, uh, you know, neurodegenerative diseases, they have listened to the the video repeatedly, several times a day, every day, and progressively got better. Um, some people listen to it one time, bam. They got a full Monty, Holy Spirit hit them. They're vibrating and shaking and sweating and crying and demons are flying out of them. It, it, everyone's experience is a little bit different. Sometimes it's a dramatic instant healing. Sometimes it takes a while.
3: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: You betcha. Teresa. Hey. Uh, yep. Yep.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. So this is a very long story. I'm going to try to keep short. When my daughter was two years old, Suddenly she was having trouble walking. She was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. We had to go down the medical route. I wasn't really given a choice, just made her worse. I've prayed throughout the years and God has really helped. I don't hear voices, but I get drops of information and it has helped me get her to the point where she is able to walk again. Uh, Before she couldn't walk, she couldn't hold her head up. So she's like 90% better. Anyways, in the past month, I was working on detoxing her. And at a physical level, what happens is, um, as she detoxes, her Bartonella becomes inflamed and her brain uh, becomes activated. Her brain becomes inflamed. Her autoimmune becomes inflamed. And I have not actually had her watch any of your videos. She's six. But I have tried to repeat some of the things that you've said about commanding the demons out, and I don't even know if it's appropriate for her, but when she was in the midst of the flare, she would scream and cry when I would say these things. So I don't know if I was scaring her. But anyhow, um, we have tried for years and years everything you can possibly imagine to detox this child, and it seems to backfire every time. So my question is, do you have any advice... Like I said, I do pray and I do get information, but I'm just wondering, am I ever gonna be able to get her all the way
0: better? Yep, yep. My, my experience through years of working with people with very, various conditions, um, and a lot of autoimmune conditions, and comparing notes with people who have good success in healing autoimmune conditions, The consensus among our group of people is that uh, autoimmune conditions, many in many cases, not all, but in many cases, is rooted in emotional trauma. And that might be why detoxing is not actually helping because I don't think her issue is probably detox, uh, toxicity. I think she needs emotional healing and then get rid of the demons. If you think about autoimmune conditions just from a natural perspective, an autoimmune condition is a condition in which the body is attacking itself, okay? So the immune system is in overdrive and the immune system is trying to destroy the body. Well, uh, think about that from a spiritual perspective. Um, It's (laughs) it's like analogy here is uh, why is the body trying to attack itself why do we self sabotage why do we attack ourselves why do we hate ourselves why do we engage in behavior that is self hatred right emotional trauma so my suggestion is going to be to find a way to walk her through the process of emotional healing she's got something in her past that has caused emotional trauma, we all do. And Heather, who is one of the admins in our Telegram channel, she has developed a pretty good process with her kids to take them through emotional healing. You know, kids that are four, five, six years old, you can do it. Sometimes you have to make a little bit of a game out of it to get them to engage the process. But I think if you will, if you can get her to engage emotional healing, from whatever is bothering her from the past and current issues that are that are cropping up and then go through take her through get we're getting rid of the evil spirits i think she'll find significant improvement going that route that is my guess rick hey buddy rick is on if you can unmute yourself amigo what is on your mind rick the one who wants to teach everybody how to speak in tongues <laughs> Rick, I can you not
8: know be on on the video, so I, I'm, I'm combing my hair now. Uh, yes, that that's me, and I'm not gonna. It, it's just that you know how you some things you can easily. Uh, you you know how to pray for and heal people. Yeah, I know that if I can get one on one with a person, I'm going to lead them into speaking in tongues. That's well, all. There tongues is, to is your it.
0: superpower, and I'm glad that's your superpower because it's not really my superpower. <laughs>
8: It, it is mine, it's just, you know, I know people don't know me from Adam, and so now they do. Uh, okay. So, uh, by the way, I uh, I, I do want to encourage you as uh, that if you would consider making all of your um, Made Simple books into classes, I will purchase each of your classes, and I will encourage okay. everybody to do the same because... You're seeing in the spirit class uh, connected with me much better than the than the class than the book, and I'm, okay. I'm about ha- I'm partway through the healing made simple class also.
0: I would take that uh, under advisement. I will say say this: there's a reason why I will never have a hear- hearing God's voice class, because all the videos that I would put in the class are already available for free on my website. <laughs> Good point. Um, literally, for about a year and a half, I went through every chapter in the Hearing God's Voice book and just covered each chapter and did a video out of it. And I wasn't really thinking at that time doing classes, but I just wanted to. I was doing Supernatural Saturdays and I was just going through the book. And so, all the chapters in the Hearing God's Voice book are already available for free on my website. The rest of the books I may turn into classes. Um, if I have time, it's it's pretty laborious and it's time intensive to create the videos and do the classes. Um, right now, I'm just doing topical, Supernatural Saturday stuff, but I will definitely take that under advisement. Okay, so
8: here's my question. It's a two-part question. Uh, as you were talking about your dreams on uh, ham radios, uh, I have, and you were having a lot of dreams about them, I have a lot of dreams also about certain things Um How can we tell the difference? You may have covered this in your dream interpretation book, but I haven't made it all the way through that book yet. How can we tell the difference between literal and symbolic interpretation of dreams? In other words, how do you, for example, know that this dream about ham radios is not about something other than ham radios? Oh, that's a
0: really good question.
8: And then to put along with that how can we tell the difference between dreams and prophecies that we are to pray for um, versus dreams and prophecies that we are to pray against? For example, you're getting a lot of dreams um, about prepping. And I think that it's a terrific idea. I think everybody should do it, but perhaps this is what we're being told is what we are to pray against happening. And if we can, if we can shut things down spiritually, we can keep it from happening at least in part, if not entirely. So yep. that's my that's my two-part question.
0: Okay, really good questions, and I'm going to address those now. So the first question, how do you know if a dream is intended to be interpreted literally or symbolically? Uh, the general rule of thumb is if anything, any element... In the dream can't be interpreted literally it should be interpreted symbolically and if the in any element in a dream is obviously symbolic the entire dream should be interpreted symbolically right so the example that i used in my dream interpretation book was uh, i had a dream Years ago, I was driving my car that I owned at the time on a road, Interstate 5, in Washington that I usually drove to and from work. I was driving home from work, uh, and my temperature gauge on the dashboard went all the way over to hot, like the engine was overheating. That was a dream. Um, I was I was driving the car I owned at the time. On a road I normally drove to and from work, and the temperature gauge overheated. That was a literal. That was a dream that should have been interpreted literally. And had I taken my car into a mechanic and had them look at it and replace the timing belt, I could have saved myself a lot of money uh, and hassle. Because three days later, my car overheated. <laughs> the timing belt blew. It. Um, the water pump failed. The car overheated and the engine block got cracked. The head got cracked. Um, God was giving me a literal warning dream about that. So in that dream, uh, nothing in that dream was symbolic. It was the car I was driving. It was the road I normally drove, right? So there's nothing symbolic in that dream. It's, It's a literal dream. Now, if I had been driving in the dream a car that I owned 20 years ago, on a road that I didn't actually drive to work, right? Those are two, th- two suggestions that that dream would be symbolic because it's not a car I actually own and it's not a road I actually drove. Probably it would be a symbolic dream. And that's how I interpret my dreams, how I decide whether they should be interpreted literally or symbolically. Uh, so, so that's the answer to your, to your first part of your question. Now the other uh, issue is I have what I, a lot of what I would call conceptual dreams, right? So what do I mean by that? I mean that God will speak to me about a concept and he's addressing a literal issue, but he's speaking about it to me through a a concept. So what does that look like? It's a dream I had last night. (laughs) I'll just tell you about it. So I'd been thinking yesterday about contacting this guy named Josh. Josh has a YouTube channel, and he's one of the most popular YouTubers who teaches about ham radios, and his uh, channel is called The Ham Radio Crash Course. Josh is very knowledgeable. Uh, I love the way that he teaches. He's a a natural teacher. He has a lot of expertise in many different areas. A Little bit, he's knowledgeable about prepping. He's knowledgeable about guns, radios, mountaineering. The guy has a wealth of, of information. I really enjoy listening to him. So yesterday I was thinking throughout the day, you know, I should just send Josh an email and tell him thank you for you know the information he provides. I find it helpful, it's really encouraging. And then last night I had a dream where I was emailing a guy. <laughs> and I was trying to help him solve a problem with this thing that he had. So there was this thing in the dream, and he had a problem with this thing, and I was trying to help him resolve that problem. Okay, so the thing in the dream was an abstract concept. It it wasn't something that actually exists in the world. That's what I mean by I have a lot of conceptual dreams. God will illustrate a concept, a real concept, a real problem, a real issue. But I'll see it in the dream as some abstract idea that doesn't actually exist. So then I have to ask God, okay, what is that issue that you're addressing in that dream? I see the concept. I see the person. I see the email. You want me to contact this person. What is the issue? And the Lord will many times just say, well, just go ahead and email them, and you'll find out what the issue is. And then you'll, you know, maybe I'll give you another dream, and I'll tell you how to help them with that issue. So... Uh, the, everyone has a different dream language. God will speak to each of us in different ways, using different symbols, different idioms, different spe- turns of phrase, and different ways of speaking. Different. Just uh, each person has their own dream language. Um, I have a lot of dreams that have to do with being in the ambulance because I'm a paramedic. Uh, whatever your career is. Uh, whatever your hobbies are, those are the things that God is going to use symbolically to speak to you in dreams. And you have to learn to decode those symbols, those elements, themes, to, to understand what God is saying to you specifically. Because God might give you a dream about one issue. He might give me a dream about the same issue, and it might mean two different things. It depends on what that thing, that item that that symbol in the dream means to you and what it means to me. It can mean different things. So that's the answer to the first part of your question, and the second part of your question is, are there things that God's showing us that we should be praying against? And how do we decide if it's something we should be praying against or something we should be praying into to happen? That is one of the best questions I've ever ever been asked, Um, and, and it's a really relevant question. So there are a lot of people who believe that we are living in a time when God wants to pour out his wrath and anger on a sinful world. They believe that we are going to suffer judgment, tribulation, hardship, uh, and all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things because we're just wretched, horrible sinners who have turned their back on God. And, and they, that's their perspective. That's their belief. They believe that God is pissed off beyond belief, tired of us, angry at us. He hates us. He's going to judge us. He's just going to smite all of us because we're unfaithful, unbelieving people. And, and that's their perspective. Um, th- that's one perspective on how God views us. That's not my perspective. That's, it. That's really an Old Covenant perspective. People who take that view generally um, put a lot of emphasis on the way that God's character is described in the Old Testament. They take a view of God as this angry, judgmental, pissed off deity who can't stand the human race and just wants to destroy us because of our sin. Well, if you want to see that God that way, that's fine. And when those people have dreams and visions, when they see destruction of a city, when they see cataclysmic events, when they see uh, the, you know dark things being portrayed, they will pray into those and say, yes, Lord, I want you to smite that city, destroy that country, bring war, rain down fire, destroy all these sinful people. Because they're interpreting divine revelation through a warped perspective of God's character. They think God wants to destroy people, so they pray into those things, and they are praying for destruction, judgment, and doom and gloom, and that's what they want. Now, I happen to have a different perspective on God. I think God's in a good mood. Uh, (laughs) I see God from from a new covenant perspective, right? The Bible says that we are living in a time presently when God is not imputing our sins to us. We live in a time of grace when God is not judging us for our sins. He wants to establish a relationship of love. And I think God loves us because I've met God. I've met the Father. Uh, I met him in a dream. And I was the apple of his eye. He laughed at my stupid jokes. I could do nothing wrong in his eyes, and I only felt unconditional acceptance and love from him in this dream that I had. So I my perspective on God is that God loves us. He's a good father. He wants to bless us. And he's not angry and pissed off and wanting to judge the world and destroy us. So when I see a dream that shows destruction war, death, and suffering, I consider that from the perspective of God. I know that God is a good, loving God. I know that God doesn't want people to die. Jesus said, John 10, 10 The thief does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. The Old Testament writers really never discussed the kingdom of darkness and Satan. They had no revelation of Satan other than the book of Job. But if you look at the book of Moses, uh, Moses really did not have any understanding of the kingdom of darkness and Satan. They thought everything that happened in the world was God's will. The destruction, the death, the suffering, that's the will of God. In the New Testament, New Covenant, Jesus came and he illustrated the realities of Satan demons, the king of darkness, death, suffering, destruction, poverty, sickness. that is all the works of the enemy. God and his kingdom is life, love, light, prosperity, blessing. Two opposing kingdoms. So when I get a dream or vision or or somebody else has a dream or vision that portrays cataclysmic, horrible war, raining down missiles, fire, brimstone, I pray against that because I know that's not consistent with God's character. God's character is love. God doesn't want people to die. That's the plan of the enemy, so I pray against those dreams. And when I see uh, <laughs> you know, a dream where God is, where something really good, benevolent, loving, positive is happening, positive changes to society, peace, agreements, I pray into those because I know that's God's will. Because God wants to bless and prosper us, not just in the U.S., but around the world. That's how I decide whether I pray into a dream in agreement or whether I pray against it. Madison, can you admit yourself?
3: Okay. Uh, Do you
1: think that uh, it would be viable, be worth it, to set up a time for all of us to pray for our country, I mean, create an event to pray all together in the country.
0: How would we do that?
1: I don't know, but uh, maybe you, we can figure it out together, and you be our leader.
0: Okay, I uh, will pray about that. It's it, but obviously there are some uh, logistical issues in that I only have a very small voice, small audience. For me to be able to contact hundreds of millions of people around the country and get them all to pray at the same time, very difficult for me to do. Someone like President Trump could do that tomorrow just by telling people, hey, we're going to pray together at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and I want everyone to be on this uh, prayer, and we're going to all pray together. He has a large audience, large voice. He could do that. It's very difficult for someone like me to do that because I have a very small audience. But I think it's a good idea. If someone, someone would have the idea to do that, I think it'd be a great idea.
7: Okay, you are a bigger than me, much bigger. I'm like a.
0: I, I. That's true. I do have a bigger audience than you. <laughs> but uh, okay, I'll pray about that. Thank you, Madison.
3: Okay.
0: Uh. Tina Elkins. Uh, Tina Elkins, if you can unmute yourself, what is on your mind, sister? you talking to me? I'm talking to you, Tina.
2: (laughs) I'm going to answer that lady's uh, question. This is crazy, and you actually answered it. You said 6 p.m. Eastern. I've been pressed. Paxing around pr- two silent prayers for the last six years. Okay, the okay. One first one. Everybody needs to take note of this. Put it in your phone. This is how I got used to it, and I still remind people on all these on as many chats as I can when it's going on. One one one, Eastern PM Eastern for three minutes. That's the first silent prayer. This is done every single day at one 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 Eastern for three minutes. The second one, he actually said, 6 p.m. Eastern for 15 minutes. Now, this is I've been passing these along on YouTube and Telegram for, like I said, five, six years now. I think I got the idea off of When You Know. She's the one that came up with it, and I ran with it. And I'm awesome. faithful to it. I'm faithful to these prayers, and I've had so many prayers answered. And I appreciate you, and I love everyone here. Thank you for all you do.
0: Thank you. Uh, Orion. Orion Remington. Uh, Orion, if you can unmute yourself, what is on your mind?
6: Absolutely. Um, I was uh, hoping to be able to speak to that also. Um, If we could all reach out to the news people that we are following and to the sources that we have and spread that, it would get around.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll take that under under advisement, under consideration. Yeah, I I think uh, organized, synchronized prayer is a good thing. You know, it's just obviously an issue of getting everyone on the same page, but yeah, it's a good idea.
6: Thank you. Absolutely. And I uh, love you. I've been following you for years since I was going to paramedic school. I uh, learned of you and uh, oh, actually recently medicine, huh? came to the came to the Anon side of things and went, oh, wait a minute. He's here. So I, I, I really <laughs> enjoy you. And uh, I'm trying to catch up through all your your cue stuff from awesome, back brother. in the years.
0: All right. Cool. Thank you. Angelique, are you there?
5: Here I am. Here I, am. I can hear you. Okay, so my question is that, um, so a few years ago, probably about five years ago, I started seeing in the spirit and hearing God's voice more more clearly. And I went down the path of, of the supernatural. And I was growing a lot. I was having a lot of prophetic dreams and um, found a, a good church where I went through some supernatural classes and just grew by leaps and bounds. But then in um, 2020, my family came and moved in with my parents to help care for my grandmother who has dementia. And uh, it's in a different city you know, and also the same time that the shutdown happened. And since I've moved in here, it's like all my, like I am not seeing in the spirit anymore. My dreams are far and few between. Um, I'm just not hearing God like I used to. My suspicion is that a lot of it has to do with living in the same household as my father, who was a pastor and is a believer, but does not really believe in the supernatural. He doesn't believe in prophecy, at least not modern prophecy. He doesn't, I mean, they say they believe in healing, but there's no actual Activity on that. And um, so I stopped because anytime I I tried to talk about anything supernatural, anything I was sensing, the disbelief that I got from him, just it made me just back off and shut down. So now I don't know how to get back to where
0: I was. Is there any way for you to go back to where you were physically like moving back?
5: Well, my grandmother is, you know, she has dementia. She's declining. We moved here because she couldn't be left alone. And my parents are still working. I'm homeschooling my kids. And it was, you know, they, they need the help in terms of caring for her and also my uncle who is disabled. So in okay. a way I feel like I'm, I'm trapped here because they need the help and I have the family obligation. But spiritually, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, that's a difficult situation. Um, it, it, it is hard because, you, like you said, you feel like you're trapped. You, have a, you feel like you have an obligation to stay there and help in whatever way you can. The cost of that is you're in a household where people are essentially grieving the Holy Spirit, where they don't believe in the activities of the holy spirit of healing the supernatural prophecy dreams it's it's it seems like you know somehow uh, your your father or father or uncle I'm not sure which one it was has some degree of authority uh, over that house and his his unbelief seems to be quenching the activity of the holy spirit uh, i would have some conversations with the lord about that and be very direct with the Holy Spirit and say, "Look, um, what's holding up? <laughs> what's holding up the revelation? Why am I not having dreams and visions? Is it the environment? Is it, how do I change it? Do I need to physically go somewhere else, or can we change the environment here?" Again, the Holy Spirit knows what the issue is, what the problem is, and He can resolve it for you. All right, Jean Allen. Hello. Hey, Jean. Hey.
2: Hi, I have a quick question. Um, I was doing a teaching on the courtroom of heaven. And an hour before I left, my keys disappeared. This is like probably 10 keys. It's not small um, to prevent me from teaching. So I found my spare key. Went. I'm still trying to find my keys. It's been a week. God knows where they are. The angels know where they are. But I can't hear where they are. (laughs) I'm, I'm getting close to having to replace my auto ignition key for two cars.
0: That's very expensive. So what's your question? Where are my keys? <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. Your I've angels been, know where they are. I, I where they are.
2: I've been um, praying to um, to block the veil or whatever it is that's keeping me from hearing it.
0: Okay. I'm going to pray for you to find your keys. All right. Thank you. All right, Jean, (laughs) and everyone on the chat, everyone's on this video. Pray for Jean to find the keys. Lord, give her revelation, give her understanding, show her where those keys are, and let them be found right now. In the name of Jesus. Uh, All right, Barb, Joan. uh, who's got a Spaniel <laughs> as her avatar. <laughs> we have so much fun in that chat with dog comms. If you think that Deep State is big on dog comms, you do not know what dog comms are until you're in our channel. Uh-uh. And Notorious DOG is doing her, her dog memes. Uh, Barb, what's on your mind?
7: Well, two things. One of the things I wanted to say is that the people looking for prayer um, there's a, a, a thing called Strike Force of Prayer. I can put it in your chat later. We um, okay. have prayer every single day of the week. I'm on it um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, they have an hour prayer, and they pray for the country. And they pray for the world. They've actually gone into the courts of heaven. They've done all kinds of things, and so it's really a great chat. The other thing I wanted to ask, the thing I wanted to ask you, is when you talk about seeing, um, about being with God in your dreams. Do you see God? Do you see Jesus? Do you see the face? Do you see the likeness? Do you see an image? I'm curious. That's all. Thank you.
0: Okay. So I've had a number of experiences where I have met the Lord in dreams. I had a visitation from Jesus years ago, and he came into my bedroom, and he manifested. Um, I heard his voice. I actually heard Kim Clement singing. With him in this experience, but I didn't see him. I did not see Jesus, but I heard his voice, and I heard Kim, Kim Clement singing, and he gave me uh, a prophecy. Uh, so that was one experience. Uh, I've had a number of dreams where I saw Jesus as a as a man. Uh, I, I had a dream one dream where I saw him as the commander of the Lord's army. That's right. So if you go back to the Book of Joshua. I think it's chapter 5, where uh, Joshua sees a man standing over there. He says, oh, I saw the commander of the Lord's army. And he says, are are you with me or against me? And he says, no. Um, Right, commander of the Lord's army. That was a theophany, an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. I, I saw a scene very similar to that, where I saw the commander of the Lord's army. He came down to earth. He was inspecting the troops. He was inspecting his army of people. And he was not happy with what he found not going to go into the details but I saw him as a general as a soldier I had a dream years ago where uh, I entered the kingdom of God in the dream and I met God the Father and he looked like this wonderful loving compassionate old man with a beard white beard and he was just this great loving guy sort of like you might imagine Santa Claus um, he was just this amazing, loving, just love emanated from him. When you got near him, you could just feel acceptance, warmth, compassion, love. So, yes, I, I have seen the Father, seen Jesus in experiences. Sometimes Jesus will show up in my dreams and I don't actually see him. I know he's there or someone will, will be there who is a, um, a representation someone else in the dream, and I know, oh, that's Jesus. (laughs) It doesn't look like Jesus. It looks like my friend. Uh, But if you get familiar enough with with dream language, you'll sometimes realize that that person, that friend, your brother, your father, many times in dreams, a father or grandfather who appears in a dream is actually an appearance of God the Father, sometimes a very close brother, or... Um, If you're a woman, many times Jesus will appear in your dreams as your husband, because spiritually he is your husband. So uh, Jesus will actually make a lot of appearances, and sometimes he wears costumes. Uh, All right. (laughs) Donna Collins. Donna Collins, if you can unmute yourself, what is on your mind? Hello. Hey, Donna. Hi. Hi. Uh,
4: um, wow. <laughs> I've been like following you for a while and I haven't, he never answered. <laughs> uh, well, this
0: is your time. What's, what's up?
4: Um, do you like see anything like right now with, um, I don't know. I can't explain it. I lost my husband last year. In January, and you were just talking, and I was just crying because you were saying Jesus shows up as your husband. Um, I started in a new church, and the pastor said that um, the first time that he seen me, that the Holy Spirit had his hands all over me, and that I have to unlearn things that I learned from past religions. Um are you like getting anything?
0: Am I getting anything for you? Yeah, uh, not right now.
4: Okay, um, I did the penny thing that you were talking about and it was up for like 13 days.
0: Wow, awesome.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, it was like I wasn't gonna do it, but I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me, said, you know, I was listening to you the one night and I got into bed and he said, get up and prove it to yourself. Put it on the wall now. (laughs) So I just like had this feeling I got up and I grabbed the penny and stuck it on the wall. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And it stayed for like 13 days, but I guess, I don't know. I've been like, I've been feeling like I've been lost. And I I keep like doing all kinds of home projects and everything to keep myself busy. And I miss my husband so much. And I just, I'm a little lost.
0: Okay. Well, would you like me to pray for you?
4: Yeah. Some kind of guidance too.
0: Okay. Well, uh, if you're feeling lost, uh, It might comfort you to know that you're not actually lost. It sometimes just feels that way. Uh, Jesus knows exactly where you are, and he's got you in the palm of his hand. And he has an amazing plan for you to move forward with your life. And I would just encourage you to draw close to him, your spiritual husband, and ask him what is the next step in the plan. And I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I ask you to bring your presence upon this woman. I ask you to give her clarity, give her understanding, wrap your arms of compassion and love around her. Let her know she is not alone. She has never been alone. She's never going to be alone. Lord, I ask you to clearly reveal to her your plans for the next season and help her take the next steps. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we have uh, hit the two-hour mark. It has been awesome answering questions, chatting with all my friends in in the Telegram channel who I rarely get to talk to, very, you know, person to person. It's been great hearing your voices. It has been wonderful um, hearing your questions, hearing your heart, what's on your mind, what things are you struggling with. I, I, I really do like hearing about the things that you you're concerned about. I'm sorry that I couldn't answer every question. Hopefully the answers that I gave will will encourage you to some degree. I think we're going to go through some difficulties. I have no doubt that God has this all in his uh, heart in his mind He has a wonderful plan. He is going to expose corruption he is going to remove corruption the corrupt systems that we have relied on, the corrupt governments and their systems, it's all going to come crashing down. And it's going to be a little bit difficult leaving that behind. But God is going to build something amazing on the other side of this. Uh, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I've seen glimpses of it, and it's going to be good. It's going to be much better than what we have right now. It's a little bit like when the Israelites had to leave Egypt and go into the wilderness. They liked Egypt. They were fed. They were taken care of. They had their onions and soup and all the food that they ate. But they were slaves. They were comfortable in their slavery. And Moses had to lead them out of their comfort into something that they could not imagine. That is what we are doing. A lot of you are comfortable right now in your slavery. You think you've got it good, you've got your pension, you have your IRA, you've got your house, you think, you know, let's just let let keep let's leave this the way it is. I'm comfortable, I'm okay with the way it is, let's just leave it. It's not gonna happen. We're all slaves to a corrupt central bank system that is making a small number of people very wealthy and it's keeping us all poor. On the other side of this, God is going to do amazing things. And we're going to live in the kind of freedom you can't imagine. People are not going to believe the cures for diseases that have been hidden from us, the financial prosperity that is available when it's not being hoarded by a few wealthy people. We're going to be living in a completely different system in the coming days if we're willing to accept it, if we're willing to follow God, out of Egypt, out of this slavery, and walk in the new life and the new society and the new kingdom that he wants to establish. We have to be brave. Be very brave and courageous. God is going to give us victory over all of these powers of darkness. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you for joining me on Supernatural Saturday. Again, These broadcasts are put out on the second Saturday of every month, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on my Telegram channel. Thanks for tuning in. Please keep me and Denise in prayer. I'll keep you all in prayer. Love you all. Take care. I will catch you on the next broadcast.